are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Mariners, and before we get into our show, let's quickly talk about Locked On MLB. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Locked On MLB today on the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Monday, August 9th, 2021. This is the Locked On Mariners podcast, your daily home for Mariners talk and analysis. On today's show, we'll be going over the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Mariners' disappointing four-game series against the Yankees in New York. Later on in the show, we'll talk about if this was Jared Kelnick's breakout series, as well as what's to come in the Mariners' upcoming home series with the Texas Rangers. But first, I believe introductions are in order. My name is Ty Dan Gonzalez. I am one of the new hosts here on Locked On Mariners. I'm also a reporter and editor at Seahawk Maven on SI.com, where I cover the Seattle Seahawks alongside a Locked On Seahawks host, Corbin Smith. And I am, of course, joined by my co-host, Colby Patnode. You may be familiar with the two of us from our Mariners-centric podcast, Control the Zone, on Patreon, and our live show, CTZ Live, on YouTube, as well as our website, TrueToTheTriton.com, where we write all about the Mariners. And if you couldn't guess by now, we not only cover the team, but we're fans. We're still going to be recording episodes of Control the Zone and releasing them every Monday and Wednesday on Patreon. So if you want to support us, visit Patreon.com forward slash Control the Zone for more details, and of course, support Locked On Mariners as well by giving it a follow or subscribing wherever you may be listening to this. Colby, we've been podcasting together for quite some time now, so you know we're used to this, but for the listener here who may not know who we are and what we're about, the floor is finally yours, and I can finally take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's this is an exciting time for us. We've been podcasting together now for about three years, maybe four years now. Uh, I think t- in mm-hmm. total, we've probably done about 500 episodes together. So uh, yeah, this is, mm-hmm. this is an exciting new venture for us. Uh, you know, we used to be uh, the site experts over at a website called Soto Mojo. We used to do a weekly podcast there. And then Ty just gave you the rundown of what we've been doing since then. So uh, yeah, we, we've been, uh, we've been chatting about the Mariners uh, for, like I said, almost four years now getting there, maybe, maybe, three and a half, four years. So yeah, it's, it's been an, uh, an interesting journey, but I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to talk about this Mariners team that uh, continues to find ways to both surprise and anger us. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, uh, this inaugural episode here of kind of a, a revamp, revamped locked on Mariners podcast. Well, you talked about how it kind of surprises us. It kind of angers us. And it was more so the latter over the weekend in the Bronx against the Yankees, the Mariners dropping three or four. Against the Yanks, they're now five games out of a wild card spot in the AL uh, wild card race. They've fallen behind the Yankees and the Blue Jays now in the standings, chasing those teams, chasing the A's, chasing the Red Sox, who've kind of fallen off of a cliff lately. Uh, but overall, fairly disappointing series uh, in New York. Actually, pretty disappointing series in New York overall. Uh, dropping the first three games, they end up squeezing one out there at uh, in, on Sunday uh, by a score of two to nothing. They shut out the Yankees. You say Kikuchi, not super great, but gave them five innings, scoreless ball against a really good lineup in that stadium. 
Overall, Mariners starters in the series, 21 and two-thirds innings pitched, only gave up five earned runs, 22 strikeouts, only eight walks. Let's talk about the good. Let's talk about a little bit of the bad. Let's talk about the ugly. I'm sure we're going to be getting into some of the umpiring stuff, uh, some of the offensive struggles. Uh, but where do you want to begin? Let's start with the good. Let's always let's always start with the good. Um, and the good of this last series, as you literally just wanna, rattled off. Want to be hashtag positive here on Locked On. <laughs> Almost always, yes. Um, but, you know, as you, as you already mentioned and pretty much stole my entire stat line, uh, yeah, the Mariners starting pitching in this series was quite good. It, it was I, I would say it was I don't know if I would say great because unfortunately only Marco Gonzalez was able to get through six full innings. But you look at what you say did going five scoreless innings against that lineup in Yankee Stadium, regardless of how you do it. It's pretty impressive, especially considering the last time Kikuchi faced the Yankees. They absolutely destroyed him. So uh, it was a Good, solid effort from the four pitchers. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to see Logan Gilbert in this series, but hey, you know, uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But like you mentioned, 21 and two-thirds innings pitch, five earned runs, 22 strikeouts, just eight walks. All, all four pitchers went at least five innings. Um, and, you know, a 206 ERA in Yankee Stadium, that is, that is, a fant- that is fantastic work. And uh, mm-hmm. Tyler Anderson, man, he seems to be somebody that, uh, Jerry maybe isn't getting en- enough credit for uh, because when we talk about deadline additions, we talk a lot about Abraham Toro for obvious reasons. And uh, Castillo is, is, is obviously a very you know important player now and in the future. Uh, but Tyler Anderson continues to impress. He continues to be very Tyler Anderson. I mean, I, I don't really know how, how else to explain it. It's you're going to get five solid innings and maybe six. And uh, he's going to keep you in a ball game. So the Mariners starting pitching this series was was excellent, and really the entire pitching staff was pretty darn good overall. Um, so that that is certainly mm. a positive to to uh, take into this next series. Yeah, Anderson. Uh, you know, going back to the deadline, you just you needed a guy that could fill in that fifth spot. You were running out bullpen days for the most part there, and now he gives you a little bit of a bridge to to hopefully you know generate some more potential to you know rattle off four straight five straight etc which they're going to need now at this spot where they are in the wildcard race if they want to stay in it because there's very limited games left now they're you know we're getting to mid-august here uh they're running out of time to get involved in this and they're gonna have to leapfrog at least three teams to get in uh and they need someone like tyler anderson to help them uh rattle off you know, some wins in a row. So uh, overall, good returns on that. As it just so happens, though, they've they've lost both of those games. It just really hasn't been Tyler Anderson's fault. Uh, you mentioned Abraham Toro, uh, who just continues to hit for this team. Um, he's gotten on base in every game still, right? Yes. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's been something else uh, since coming over in the trade uh, I, with the Astros for Kendall Graveman, of course. Right. I, I saw a note real fast here, just not to interrupt, but I saw a note that since mm-hmm. that trade, Abraham Toro has been the most valuable player in baseball. He's been worth, I believe, 1.1 yeah. F war since that trade already. I mean, that's I, you, you can't have a better. He's actually debut. he's actually been 1.4 F war now. <laughs> my uh, my apologies. Score. My apologies <laughs> to Abraham Toro. I don't want to short sell him. But yeah, he's he's for the last 10 days. He's been the best player in baseball. And that's that's not hyperbole. I mean, it, it's 
it's statistically speaking, he has been the best offensive player in all of baseball. So um, that that's that's so he, fun to watch. he goes. He goes five for six, uh, 16, two walks, one strikeout, one double, two RBIs in the series against the Yankees. Uh, hit a little bit of lead off there with J.P. Crawford dealing with an illness. Uh, J.P. did uh, come in into the uh, Sunday game late as a defensive replacement. Made a pretty cool play right away, uh, even though he was under the weather. Uh, so, you know, obviously the umpiring was both bad and ugly and also <laughs> a little bit suspicious if we're being real. It was a uh, very interesting strike zone uh, for pretty much the whole series. And it just felt like every time something happened with the strike zone, it always worked against the Mariners. Yeah, the the uh, the tracking team at I believe it's MLB umpire grades uh, on Twitter. Uh, they tracked every game like they do. And it's interesting to have a thing where they will grade like the biggest game changing strike calls or biggest strike zone decisions in every game. They give you the top three. And in this four game series, 11 of the top 12 went in favor of the New York Yankees. So yes, the umpiring is, is definitely going in the ugly category. That is 100% uh, fact. It was not good. Mm-hmm. And then the bats overall, um, a lot of close games in New York that they end up losing. We obviously talked about the, starters how good they were uh, but they still you know lose three of four here to the Yankees despite the pitching matchups in general lining up really well for them in their favor Jordan Montgomery and, and Garrett Cole the Yankees two best starters this year were uh, landed on uh, the COVID IL so they didn't pitch in the series and yet pretty much because of the offense you weren't able to win most of these games despite pretty much out outperforming the Yankees from a pitching standpoint. Yeah, it, it was, it was uh, frustrating to, to say the least. Uh, the offense scored 11 runs in four games against, you know, the Yankees third through seventh best starter or whatever. So it, it, it was, it was certainly frustrating and uh, definitely belongs in the ugly category, but uh, you know, Seattle plays better at home and hopefully they get some home cooking against the uh, Texas Rangers beginning on Tuesday. So, uh, you know, one more good thing to come out of it was Jared Kelnick. Uh, He went five for 15 with a home run, two doubles, just struck out just three times, had a walk in the series. We're going to be talking about his series and what he's been able to do over the last couple of weeks since making a swing change. But first, Colby, I have a question to ask you. Did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? I did not. It's crazy, right? But I mean... Is it really that surprising? The game itself is rigged against you, naturally. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time than you do. Really, you just you don't stand a chance. But that's not the case with Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup where you name your stakes and winner takes all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. I got into daily fantasy during the NBA bubble last year and seeing my lineup get lost in the thousands and thousands of other submissions was really disheartening, to be quite honest with you. But with Stat Hero, you are in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be. 
one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. Yeah, that's right. They're giving you a 300% match. That's just unheard of. So go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. As the Mariners continue to hold on for dear life in the American League wildcard race, we're going to be dissecting all the action from their upcoming homestand over the next week. So be sure to tune in every day. But now let's talk Jared Kelnick, who's had himself a pretty good last couple of weeks, making that swing change on the last homestand. Since July 27th, he's slashed 261, 333, 500 with three home runs, two doubles, and a reasonable 21.6% strikeout rate. What have you seen from Kelnick so far? And do you think what we saw on this uh, last series in New York, it was somewhat of a breakout for him? Yeah, it appears to be more of a continuation of what what's beginning to happen. It, it kind of started, you know, throughout the entire road trip. He's been he's been really good. He, he's been what we kind of expected. Um, obviously, he made the the stance change. He's more upright. He's not you know moving his shoulders as much pre pitch. Um, he has said that that helps him identify the breaking ball, particularly from a lefty. And we're seeing him chase that pitch a lot less. And the Yankees threw a lot of lefties at him. He got at bats against Aroldis Chapman. He faced Lucas Litke, I think, a couple times. Andrew Heaney a few times, uh, and they all tried that curveball. And, and he 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 didn't chase. He he was he was very uh, disciplined, and and uh, you could tell he was reading that pitch quite well. Um, even the outs were were better. They were hit hard. They mm-hmm. were to the opposite field. They the outs were better. The at bats were better. He's not chasing nearly as much. Like you mentioned, he only struck out three times. In, in a four-game series. Um, in this day and age, for a guy with his power, that's that's pretty huge. So uh, mm-hmm. Kelnick is is certainly in the midst of some kind of breakout or some kind of return to norm, whatever terminology you want to use. Um, but he certainly is beginning to look like the player we all expected him to. And that's obviously great news for Seattle because this offense needs all the help they can get. I, I don't know if you knew this, Ty, but they scored 42 runs total on the 10 game road trip, 17 yeah. of those came in just two games, which means in the other eight games, they averaged about three runs per. Yeah. That's uh that's not going to cut it. <laughs> no, that's, that's not going to win you. That helps you go three, four and six on a road trip. That's what we like to call suboptimal. Yes. Colby. <laughs> not, not ideal, not ideal. So uh, yeah, they need Kalnick to step it up. And, and so far he has, and you hope he can carry it forward at home, but, yeah, bats look so much better. He's not chasing, uh, particularly left on left. He looks better and, and you know, feasible in, in those matchups. So, yeah, you know, you, you'd like for him not to get kicked out of the game when they're, they have a short bench and all that stuff. But, I mean, Kelnick's with 21, 22 years old. He's already got a temper. We know that. So, uh, not going to, you know, ream the, ream the kid over the coals for that. Uh, and he was right, by the way. That, that was not a strike. So. Uh, yeah. yeah. And also, you know, that frustration had been built up over the course of the whole series, right? With the yes. umpiring. Like that it, was, it was all really coming bad. to a head. You knew that that was going to happen. I'm surprised that he, uh, that nobody got tossed before the eighth inning of the final game of the series because that, right. that strike zone, it, it was legitimately bad and it was pretty fairly one sided, uh, particularly in those big, you know, game altering moments. So. Yeah, it's 
pretty good restraint actually by by service and, and Kelnick to to wait that long even. Yeah, Scott Service, you know, obviously going out there uh, for his guy, uh, sticking up for him and uh, letting that crew have it late in that game. Obviously, you know, it was the it was the end of that series. Kind of disappointed in general that there was no real carryover from the ending of the uh, Yankees Mariners series in Seattle, <laughs> where DJ LeMahieu and Rugnado Dor took exception to uh, to Kendall Graveman's uh, inside pitches, <laughs> and obviously Graveman no longer a member of the team, but. Uh, I thought maybe there would be a little bit more beef uh, between the two teams. That didn't really come about. It was more so the Mariners versus the umpiring crew in this one. Uh, but going back to Kalanick here, um, you know, since he made that swing change, and obviously you talked about how he's more upright, he looks more how he was uh, down in um, Arkansas and West Virginia and Modesto when he was at the low A through double A levels. He's gotten back to that. And now his eye level has changed. And it's helping him see the breaking stuff a bit better. And now he's not chasing as much, like you said. And, you know, he's been pretty solid with his pitch selection in terms of stuff outside the zone. He's taken quite a few close pitches, and that's led to some um, strikeouts looking. He's also taken some pitches right down the zone, which is not good. Uh, But overall, I mean, even when he was struggling, and, and you and I have talked about this for a while amongst ourselves, that... Um, he's come, he's at least been able to come up with some pretty clutch walks over, you know, his, the last couple of months since he's been called up. Um, so that's been nice that, to, to see some growth on top of that, to see him go from, you know, at least being able to give you a walk to now we're starting to see more of what we were hoping to see out of Jared Kelnick, which is some power, right? And you're seeing quite a bit of it over the last couple of weeks hitting doubles he's getting some home runs he's just hitting the ball a lot better he's seeing the ball a lot better and he's getting his pitches now he's taking advantage of those pitches that he's getting because he usually gets at least one every at bat he had been getting at least one even when teams were pitching away from him when they were bringing in lefties to face him etc when they were going after his weaknesses they were still at least giving him one opportunity per at bat to do some damage he just really wasn't he was fouling off those pitches and now you're seeing seeing less and less of that and he's striking out a lot less yeah he he looks he looks comfortable he looks like a big leaguer now and and uh, you know it took him a little while like it takes a lot of really talented young players but uh you know we we know that kelnick works hard we know that he you know keeps his body in impeccable shape and and uh, he was going to grind through this and uh he'll probably end up better for the struggles that he did have. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, I think we're in the middle of a breakout. I don't know if we've officially seen the breakout series from Kelnick quite yet, but it seems like we're certainly building up to it and it, it, it gets better and better every day. Yeah. It's really nice to see really encouraging, uh, the Mariners starting a homestand on Tuesday, uh, three game set against the Rangers. Then they play the blue Jays over the weekend Then they go back on the road and go back to Texas we're going to be talking about this Rangers series, but first, you know, Colby, we we've been asked a few food questions on our other show at times. You know, we've we've talked about our favorite restaurants, our favorite breakfast foods, our favorite snacks. You know, but you know, as much as I love the occasional overpriced hot dog at a ball game, and you do know how much I love an overpriced hot dog at a ball game, I've you know been trying to eat a bit healthier, particularly with my snack cravings. That's why my go-to in those moments is now. Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors, Colby? I did not. There is 
something for everyone, man. I, I especially love the salted caramel because I can still get a little bit of salty and a little bit of sweet and not feel so guilty about it. There's also coconut, cookies and cream, and so many other tasty options. And like I said, they're healthy. One bar contains 17 to 18 grams of protein with calories as low as 130. And as high, if you want to consider it, that is 180, which is really low still. There's only four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs as well. And Built Bar is even the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Order today at Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code LOCKED ON. That's L O C K E D O N. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So the Mariners are back home in Seattle. They will begin a six game homestand. On Tuesday, starting with a three-game set against the Texas Rangers, who they recently just dropped two of three against. They're eight and five on the season against them in total, but the Rangers have been pretty bad, and the Mariners have been eh, not super great against them. They they they've handled them most of the time, but there have been other games where they could have put them away. Of course, especially on this last road trip, Jonah Heim just destroying the Mariners for some inexplicable reason but uh they need to win these games pretty much to, to stay in and especially going into that huge series against the blue jays over the weekend uh what are you looking for in this series against texas uh against a team that this team absolutely needs to handle yeah you know for me it starts with the offense the offense cannot do what they did on that road trip they need to be better uh, they get, you know, they're facing Mike Fultonevich on Sunday for, I think, the fourth time this year. Uh, they get Colby Allard tomorrow, who who's not. Mm-hmm. Allard, you know, Seattle handled him pretty well in his last mm-hmm. start, so you hope he can do it again. And then they get to see in the sandwich game, they get to see a talented young righty, Spencer Howard. So mm-hmm. Seattle has an opportunity here. They get, you know, a lefty who's not all that great and two righties, so their left-handed bats should be able to to handle those two guys. So. You would hope that they're going to score some runs here. Texas's bullpen, not too good. And, you know, aside from the one series against Seattle, Texas has struggled. So you would hope that the pitching continues to do what it has done and the offense wakes up a little bit here. You never want to expect a sweep because that's, I mean, it's so hard to win Mm. three games in a row against anybody. Um, So you need to take at least two out of three, though, here. You need to win this series. It's crucial, uh, especially with Toronto coming in. Uh, you, you need to get off on a, on a hot start. It'd be nice to win on Tuesday to kind of get this momentum building up. Uh, you know, they've won one in a row. Let's get to two. Then we'll go face the young Spencer Howard. We'll, we'll see what he's got and we'll take our chances in game three. So you want to see them win the series, but more importantly, you want to see the bats start to pick up. You want to see Kellen continue to hit. You want to see Jake Fraley snap out of whatever, whatever funk he was in, in New York. 
Uh, Luis Torrens had a rough series as well. So mm-hmm. you want these guys to hit, just hit, and your pitching is probably going to be good enough to get you those wins. Score five or six runs, you're probably going to win all three games. Yeah, and I mean, you really need it right now because like I said earlier in the show, you're five back right now. You don't play tonight, so it's possible you end up going five and a half back heading into the series. You need to win these games. If you don't win these games, you know, if you don't win games like this in general, especially, you know, you still got teams like the Diamondbacks and the Royals on the schedule as well. You're going to need to handle those teams if you want to stay relevant in this wildcard race. So to me, I look at this series as kind of a must sweep for the Mariners. Got to have that momentum going into the, into the Toronto series. It's just, I mean, you can't drop these games because you're probably going to at least drop one to the Blue Jays. Probably two. <laughs> For being honest, the Blue Jays are really hot right now. Yep. We'll see how they we'll see how they do going back on the road. Obviously, there is a lot of emotion here in Toronto with uh, the the you know Rogers Center reopening and everything, and the fans coming back. But uh, this is a this is a Blue Jays team that has been playing some really really good ball lately, and um, you don't want to go into that series dropping another two or three to Texas. Just can't. And I feel like even dropping one of them, it's not great. It's not great right now for where you are. You got to make up some of the the losses that you had on the last road trip because there were games that they should have won. And they just didn't. They ended up going four and six. Honestly, realistically, you could say that they could have gone nine and one on that road on that road trip. Ten and oh, but yeah, but. Losses are losses, wins are wins, and they didn't get a whole ton of them. And so they need to make up for that. And I think right now where they are in this race, if they stumble again against Texas over the next three days, I don't feel very confident about where they are in this race. Right. You, I just you start to you start to run out of, you know, games to to catch up. Like it's it's mm. At some point, it, you're so far out of it that even winning, you know, eight out of 11 really isn't going to do much for you. And we're getting pretty close yeah. to that point. Um, so, yeah, these games are huge. But, hey, you know, you can't sweep Texas until you win the first game on Tuesday. So that's the one that matters the most right now. Um, hopefully coming off an off day, uh, you know, well-rested, coming off a big win, the Mariners can kind of go out there and attack this Texas team and put them down like they're supposed to be put down. Um, but we'll see. It's baseball. You never know. Things get weird. Col- you know, Colby Aller could go out there and have, you know, just great stuff for the first time in his career and just shut you down. It's totally possible. So, yeah, you have to, you know, watch out for that, but find a way to win. You, you just you're running out of time to to, you know, oh, we'll just get the next one. That opportunity is quickly evaporating. So be teams that you should be. And you might stay in this long enough to make things interesting in September. Yep. Well, we're going to dive deeper into that pitching matchup and what we expect from tomorrow night's game on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Mariners. But I think that's going to do it for us for our first episode of Locked On Mariners. We appreciate you guys tuning in and giving us a listen. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at d-a-n-e-g-n-z-l-z that's d-a-n-e-g-n-z-l-z you can follow colby at cpat11 
And if you want more of us and more Mariners talk, we are going to be recording a an episode of our Monday show on Patreon. That's for our tier two and tier three subscribers on Patreon. So check out patreon.com forward slash control the zone if you want to listen to that. And of course, be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Mariners wherever you're listening to this. And uh, if you're like me and you're trying to get into hockey before the Kraken hit the ice this fall, check out Locked On Kraken, where Erica Ayala is breaking down all the latest news coming from the NHL's 32nd franchise. For Colby Patnode, I'm Ty Dane Gonzalez. This has been Locked On Mariners. Have a beautiful day and we'll see you tomorrow. Betting on Major League Baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.